we may be in a cursed world, but we're covered by the blood of Jesus, and these curses cannot come on us anymore once we understand. Can I? And, and that's what we got to get. We've got to get to the point that even though we're in this world, we are not of this world. So the first thing is we need to realize that not only did Jesus forgive us, but he took every curse, every curse upon himself at Calvary, cursed is he who hangs on a tree. The second thing is what, what we call so that people can understand it is family curses are generational curses. We remember the scripture where Jesus is walking with his disciples and they see a blind man. And the disciples ask Jesus, why is this man blind? For something he did or something his parents did. Now, we who are Western-minded from, you know, America, that's hard for us to understand that someone could have something on their lives because of something they inherited. But you've got to understand is the Bible is not a Western-minded book. The Bible is an Eastern-minded book. I taught this on uh, TBN uh, uh, Europe, and uh, the phones lit off the hook because people over there understand curses that can come on us because of something that someone passed on from generation after generation after generation. The Bible says the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. The iniquity, the curse of a father is passed down to the third and the fourth generation. We say it like this, you're just like your dad. You're just like your grandfather. You're just like like father, like son. How many have ever heard that saying? So, so one is something that we did, one is something that we inherited, and we'll talk about that a little bit, but another thing is something that we didn't do, but was done to us. James chapter 5 says, confess your faults one to another. Don't bother turning there. Confess your faults one to another. This word fault has two meanings. It means what lies beneath the surface. You know, several years ago when I first started teaching this, pardon me, I was doing a program down in Los Angeles, television program, Tiz and I were in the hotel, and we were getting ready to go to the studio, and on the mirror was all these things to do in case of an earthquake. Now you look outside the window, and we saw Universal Studios, we saw the LA freeway, we saw downtown Los Angeles, on the surface everything looked absolutely fine but the reason why they had this list of what to do in case of an earthquake is below the surface where nobody could see it were these fault lines these cracks in the earth and if the pressure on earth was correct then eventually what lied beneath the surface would erupt and destroy everything above us that's exactly what happens to a lot of us is that we come to church or we go and everything looks good but below the surface we have these cracks that when the situation is right you know when i first came to church i i think i shared this last night you know i came in i had long hair and earrings and you know all these other things and and every evangelist would call me out and say you're going to preach the gospel around the world you're going to do this you're going to do that and on the surface, it looked like I was the perfect candidate to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. But at home, you know, in church I was the man of God, but at home I was a terror. I, was, I had this, this, this crack in my spirit, and that's what we're going to talk about today. I had this crack in my spirit. I didn't want to be angry. I didn't want to be offensive. But when the situation was right, even though it looked calm on the top, can anybody relate to this? Something would happen underneath and bring destruction. So when James says, confess your faults, there's two meanings of that. One, what lies beneath the surface. And two is the word fault means what landed on you. So three ways a curse comes on us. One is something we've done and we, we've been forgiven, but we haven't claimed the freedom. Two 
is something we've inherited, a generational curse, a family curse. And three, it's not what we did, but something that has been done to us that landed on us. Let's read this morning from the book of Proverbs, chapter 15, verse 13. Wonderful scripture says, A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Now, I want you to think about that scripture right there, that a spirit can be broken. You know, I have horses, and I've seen horses train. The old way to train a horse was to break it. How many ever heard of breaking a horse? And I can remember when uh, I first got into horses, a friend of mine was a cowboy, had a ranch in Colorado, and it was it was brutal to watch. They would tie a, a leg up and tie a thing around the horse's, this young horse's leg, and they would frighten this horse to the point that it would have to fall down and, and it would thrash with the ropes on it and everything until that horse would submit to everything that guy wanted. It's called breaking a horse. The only problem is in breaking a horse that way, it, they found out and they discovered that it also breaks the spirit. And that's exactly what the Lord is talking about here is that somewhere along the line, maybe in training, maybe in life, maybe in childhood, maybe in marriage, maybe in Christianity, somewhere along the line, someone has broken your spirit. Now, why is that important? Well, we've discovered that many people have relational problems in life, in their marriage, in their relationship with their spouse, in relationship to their children, in relationship to other people, not because something they've done, but somewhere along the line, someone has broken our spirit. Someone has damaged us. Now, on the surface, we look good. We tough it out. We, we cover it up. But below the surface, there is this rejection and hurt that's taken place. And folks, it affects every area of our lives. You know, uh, years ago, when I was a little kid, uh, I was out playing. And let me back up. Everybody, everybody's heard my testimony about being a, a drug addict and a drug dealer and all that. But as I said last night, my number one deliverance was not of drugs, but it was of anger. And the reason why, now remember, a curse without a cause doesn't come. The reason why I had an anger problem went all the way back to when I was a child and a feeling of rejection. Now, I wanted you to say, no, understand, I'm bringing my, my dad's going to come down here with us in the next couple months, and my dad is saved now, my dad is born again. But uh, uh, when I was a kid, I was probably seven, eight years old, six years old, something like that. I walked in from playing. And I can remember this dad, lived in, we lived in a little bitty house in South St. Louis, and my dad had his back to the door on the phone talking to a boy's home, asking them to come and get me. And I remember him saying something like, I've already got one, I'm not going to feed another one. Now, my dad had some problems. Like I said, he's born again, he's saved, he lives to watch us on television. But back in those days, my dad had a problem. The problem is that problem was passed on to me. When I heard that my dad didn't want me, I remember going into my room, first scared, then rejected, and I began to cry. And all of a sudden, I get, grabbed myself, and I said, no one will ever make me cry again. Can you imagine thinking that when you're six or seven years old? And what happened then on the inside is the direct result of everything that began to happen on the outside. As a pastor, Tiz wouldn't let me put a Christian bumper sticker on my car. Only one she let me put on there was, Christians are not perfect, just forgiven. How many remember that one? I would get in fistfights in my car on the way to church. Now that's sad especially if the person you just beat up walks in the church door. 
But it all came back from that inner hurt or that feeling of rejection. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because I've come to heal the brokenhearted. I've got a, a good friend of mine. I just, uh, I'd lost contact with him for a few years, and I just got contact with him the other day. This guy is tremendously talented. I mean, he can build things. He can run machinery. I mean, you give him something to do, and, he, and there's nothing he can't figure out how to do. You know, just one of those guys that can do everything, but has lost job after job after job. And the reason is, is because everything that people say to him, he's got a chip. How many have ever heard they got a chip on their shoulder? That's exactly what it's talking about. I've got another friend, this, 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 this great friend of mine, and well, and you look at, you look at him, and I've always wondered why, why he's like that. I mean, the nicest guy in the world, but let somebody look at him wrong, and he would just explode and just get angry and, and seethe on the inside. And then one day I met his father, and I realized there was a tremendous relationship problem with there. I've got another friend who one day when he was, uh, I think he said he was 13 years old, a teacher stood him up knowing that he couldn't read real well and made him stand up to read in front of uh, the class and everybody laughed at him and mocked him. And he's gone through several divorces and finally when I started teaching this, he said, you know, I've just got this problem when it comes to women or comes to females. And he said, you know, when I was uh, a child, this teacher, this female teacher stood me up and embarrassed me in front of people and I'm always waiting for that to happen again. This is exactly, and it happens time and time and time again, this is what God is talking about, a broken spirit. I can remember when we first started teaching this in Portland, and Tiz went to Nordstrom's, and one of our girls was working in, the, in Nordstrom's, and she introduced this lady that was working with her, and uh, Tiz said this, this woman was model beautiful. She was gorgeous, but her husband had left her, and, but for five years, he he'd told her, you're not worth anything. Nobody would ever want you. Nobody would ever love you. Nobody would ever care about you. And he put her down and put her down and put her down until this beautiful person on the outside was a broken person on the inside. And she couldn't see herself the way God saw her, and it was causing great depression and stress in her own life. Can anybody relate to this? Okay, this is what's called a broken spirit. Something that has damaged us on the inside causes damage around us on the outside. All right, I want to look at real quick some signs of a broken spirit in a person's life. Number one, unstable emotions. So well, what does that mean? Well, someone that has got a roller coaster personality. One moment they're happy, next moment they're angry, next moment they're depressed. Now, why is this important? The joy of the Lord is your strength, okay? Number two, we're going to go through these fairly quickly. Number two, a broken spirit, a sign of a broken spirit is someone who doesn't show emotion. They don't have any joy. They don't have any, you know, how many know that it's okay sometimes to be angry? Bible says be angry and sin not. In other words, it's normal to feel anger. It's just not normal. It's just not godly to react in it the wrong way. But someone who has no emotion. Have you ever met someone whose emotions are flat? It's a sign of a broken spirit. Number three, someone who is, has constantly a negative attitude. The glass is always half empty. It's always too sunny. It's always too rainy. It's never good enough. It's never bright enough. Someone who has a negative attitude about everything has a broken spirit. Number four, someone who is always defensive. Hey, brother, how you doing? What do you mean by that? <laughs> Amen? Now, let, let me say this, and I love my dad and everything, but I can remember men we loved when dad had to work overtime because you never knew what kind of mood dad was going to be in when he came home. You can't have a marriage like that. 
You can't have a family like that. You can't be a leader like that where you're always walking on eggshells wondering what kind of mood dad or the pastor or the boss or the husband is going to be in. God's going to heal us today. Number five, sign of a broken spirit is low self-esteem. You can see it. What's happened on the inside shows on the outside. Person walks like this. They don't look you in the eye. They don't feel good about themselves. It's like that lady who was beautiful on the outside, but she was ugly on the inside because of what someone had said to her over and over again. Do you know that that kind of thing is witchcraft? Somebody who says, somebody who says to their kids, you're a failure. You're never going to get ahead. You'll never accomplish anything. Let me tell you, let me give you hope. If your parents told you that, or a teacher told you that, or someone said you're never, everything the devil has stole, maybe you're, maybe you're 50 years old, and this happened to you 40 years ago, then everything the devil has stolen from you for 40 years is going to be broken and returned to you multiplied by seven. Low self-esteem, it comes from a broken spirit. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. Listen to me. Jesus said you are worthy. You are so worthy that if you were the only one who had ever received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, he would have died on that cross for you. You are worthy. You know, the Bible says we, we, we talk so much about pride, and we ought to. Pride comes before a fall and a haughty spirit before destruction. Not to think of ourselves more highly. But can I tell you something? As a shepherd, most of Christians' problems is not thinking too high of themselves, but thinking too low of themselves. The Bible says we go to the mirror. The mirror is the Word of God. And we walk away and we forget what manner of man we are. We go to the mirror and the mirror says you're more than a conqueror. The mirror says you're to be the head and not the tail. The mirror says you're to be above only, not beneath. The mirror says that you're to be the lender, not the borrower. But we walk away and then we look in the worldly mirror and we forget what God says about us. You are more than a conqueror. You know what that means? That means the devil says, you get up the bat, you swing the bat, and the devil says, strike three, you're out. But the Lord gets up and says, what do you mean out? Well, that's three strikes. But the Lord says, but you don't understand, Satan. I own the ball, I own the bat, I own the ballpark, and this is my child. Amen? Low self-esteem. We're going to break that curse today. Number six, a sign of a broken spirit is someone whose feelings are easily hurt. They're very sensitive. This is a sign that somewhere along the line, someone damaged us. Someone broke our spirit. This is the person that, that, that if, if, if someone doesn't shake their hand or someone doesn't say hi to them, you go home from church or you go home from work or you go home from school and your feelings are hurt. You're always, always on the offensive. Number seven, someone who has a broken spirit is someone who is possessive. Now, what does that mean, possessive? You always have to know where your husband is. You always have to know where your wife is. You are, you're, you're so afraid. Now, let me help you. If you're possessive and you're holding on to people too tight and not allowing them to breathe, you're going to push them away. Can I have an amen? There has to be that releasing taking place. You know, I'm one of the few guys that I come home every day from church with makeup all over my shirt. Can you imagine if Tiz would go, where did that come from? And that, and that, and that, and that, and that, and that. Because here in this church, we hug each other. But there's a, there's a freedom. Now, I have to tell you that when I, first, when I first got married, and I share this all the time, when I first married Tiz, I was jealous. I was, I was afraid one day she'd wake up and go, what have I done? But so far, it's turned out pretty good. Amen. Number, number eight, the sign of a broken spirit is someone who's always going around criticizing others. 
it's we have to put someone down so that we can feel good about ourselves. God's going to break that curse. Now let's look at real close eight things that are the roots of a broken spirit. Number one, broken relationships. That could be broken relationships in a marriage, broken relationships all the way back to when we were in school. I can remember I was praying for someone in um, Perth, West Australia, when Tiz and I were pastoring in Australia. And this lady came up three nights in a row, and to be healed, she was crippled from hip disease. And we prayed for her and prayed for her. On the third night, I was praying for her, and God spoke to me. And I said, who is it that you're bitter against? And this lady was a leader in the church. She was uh, uh, been a Christian for years and years and years. And she burst in crying. She's probably about 55 years old then. And she said, back when I was 16, my sister stole my boyfriend and married him. I said, let it go. Let it go. We prayed. She said, Lord, forgive me for being bitter. God healed both of her hips. That broken relationship can cripple us not only on the outside, but it can cripple us on the inside. Can I have an amen? Amen. Number two, rejection. Root of a broken spirit is rejection. Now, rejection comes in, in all kinds of ways. You're reject, you've been rejected because you're not tall enough. You're not short enough. You're not thin enough. You're not blonde enough. You're not this enough. Rejection comes in all kinds of ways. And when that rejection, there's nothing more damaging than the feeling of rejection. Nothing more damaging. You're the last one to get picked for a team. You're, you're the one that that, that didn't, didn't get a date. Now, we, we laugh at these things, but it hurts. People called you names in school. You know, we always say, well, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. There's nothing more untrue than that. Words hurt. There are people here that you have felt rejection because of the color of your skin. You walk into a place, and because of the color of your skin, you're treated different than someone else. These are real hurts. But let me tell you something. You may have been rejected by the world because you're not tall enough, you're not thin enough, you're not short enough, you're not blonde enough, you're not black enough. I've prayed with people that are mixed race. Their mom was was white. Their dad was African-American. They were rejected by both sides. But I'm going to tell you something. The world may have rejected us because of what's on the outside, but God made you absolutely perfect. You're perfect in the eyes of God. Can I have an amen? You know, we live in this this world, folks, that's obsessed with looks. And I understand that since I'm so good looking and so tall and thin. I understand that. But those kind of things all the way back to when we were children can hurt us. This is why the Lord said they will know that you are my disciple and that you love one another. So the the root of broken spirit, somewhere along the line, we have been rejected many times, more than once. Number three, root of a broken spirit comes from someone who has possibly been adopted. Now, wh- wh- why do you say that, Pastor? Now, I'm not talking about someone whose parents died and you were adopted, but I'm talking about someone whose parents gave you up. Maybe they gave you up because mom was a single mom and you were raised by grandma. Maybe they gave you up because they just didn't want you. And somewhere inside, there has been a root of breaking your spirit that someone who birthed me didn't want me. I, I can understand that. Number four, I'm trying to go through these a little bit quicker for time's sake. Number four, you weren't, you weren't abandoned as a child, but it was obvious that your parents or one of your parents didn't love you. They didn't love you. They, wanted, they, 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 they showed that they didn't love you. Number five, the parents didn't abandon you, but were critical of you. 
Why can't you be like your brother? Why can't you be like your sister? Why can't you be like others? Why don't you play sports? Why don't you, why aren't you smarter? You know, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing that hurts more than the rejection of a parent. There's nothing that wounds deeply more than critical words of a parent, especially of a father. And we, we don't have time to get in all this, but if a father has rejected us, or a father has been critical of us, or a father has wounded us, whether we're a son or a daughter, that's a root of a broken spirit. Number six, a child who has been verbally, physically abused. You were maybe beaten as a child. You were maybe verbally or physically abused as a child. We're 50 years old now. We're 30 years old now. We're 65 years old now. But that carries on until today from generation to generation. Now, this is a touchy one here. But number seven, a child who has been sexually abused. You know, last night, by the Spirit of God, I called out, if you have been abused by a pastor, I've never done that in, in the 12 years I've been teaching on breaking the curse. Never done that. And what, eight, ten people have been abused sexually by a religious parent, a father of the church. There are people, you, you know that the, the, the government says around 85 to 90 percent or more of people who have been sexually physically or verbally abused will somehow pass that on to their children doesn't mean that you'll sexually abuse your child although that is a possibility but it means that there's an emotional damage that's taken place you may have been sexually abused and you end up verbally or emotionally abusing today god is going to break that curse and release that blessing can i have an amen number eight racial abuse now, I'm giving these for a reason. I'm not just randomly picking that, but racially abused. You know, I, I shared last night that the church ought to be a rainbow. And years ago, when we were pastoring in Australia, I've shared this here at New Beginnings, I saw a commercial and, uh, on, on television in Australia, and it and had a little Aussie girl swinging on a swing. And a little Aboriginal child walked by, and a little Asian child walked by, and then another child walked by. And the little girl says to her mom, says, Mom, what color is Jesus? Good question, huh? What color is Jesus? And she said, Honey, Jesus is the light of the world, and pure light is made up of every color in the rainbow. But there are people who have, especially... Um, generations ago now i'm going to say this america still has a long way to go in tearing down racial abuse and especially in the church um we've had people that have come to this church and we here at new beginnings we are we are 33 percent african-american 33 percent hispanic and 33 percent cracker uh white people and we got some Asians mixed in there and some gypsies mixed in there. But I've had people that are white leave the church because we have mixed marriages. I've had people who are African-American been told, to, said to them, aren't you going to, isn't your pastor white? Racism goes both ways. But either way it goes it's wrong you know Moses was a white Jewish man Zipporah his wife was an Ethiopian and the, and they seem to do okay the moment the moment where we, we, we conquer more for God than Moses did we can talk about it but there is a, a a broken spirit that has come to America and to an individual because of racial abuse can i have an amen? amen now the bible says and i need to go through this so i can get all the sessions in the bible says that jesus came to set the captive free go with me to the book of isaiah 
Go with me to Isaiah 61. Jesus has come to set the captive free. This broken spirit, this broken spirit has brought our personalities and our lives in the captivity. Isaiah 61, verse 1. This is a prophecy concerning Jesus, and he said, The Spirit of the Lord, God, is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me, the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God, to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, and to give beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise, look at this next word, for the spirit of heaviness. Now, Jesus said, this is why I've come. Now, What I call this in this teaching is the divine exchange, a divine exchange. Listen to this. He took our sickness so we could be healed. He became poor so we could become rich. He became servant so we could rule and domain. He came to heal the brokenhearted and exchange to us the spirit of heaviness for the oil of joy. Jesus was rejected so you and I could be accepted. Now watch this. Where was Jesus rejected? First off, in the womb. Can you imagine Mary coming to Joseph in those days? Nowadays, it's not such a big deal to, ha- to be an unwed mother. But in the, and it is a big deal. But our society has allowed this to happen. But in Jesus' day, if a woman had a child out of wedlock, she could be stoned. And so here's Mary. Now picture this. Here's Mary that comes to Joseph, her fiancé, and says to Joseph, I'm with child. Now imagine Joseph, what? I'm pregnant, but don't worry, God got me pregnant. You know, we read this and we don't think anything. And Joseph says, okay, let me get this right. You're pregnant. You and I have not been with each other. And the father of your child is God. I got no problem with that. You know, I get a lot of nuts come to me. You know, I've met Gabriel. I've met Michael the archangel. I've met Moses. You know, people come to me and introduce themselves. But can you imagine if somebody comes to me and says to, or comes to you and says, Pastor, would you agree with me in prayer? I'm pregnant, and God's the one that got me pregnant. Security! (laughs) This is exactly what's happening. And so what happens is Joseph says to Jesus, or to Mary, I'm going to put you away. So here in the womb, before Jesus was ever born, his earthly father rejects him. You know, they they say that when your child is in the womb, that you need, to, you need to talk to that child, you need to tell that child you love it. Well, can it hear its words? I don't know if it can hear the words, but it can feel your spirit. And if a child can feel the love in the womb, a child can feel rejection in the womb. There are some of you here that God wants to exchange your rejection When you were in your mother's womb, your mother was going to get rid of you, already made your plans for your grandmother, somebody else. Jesus felt that same thing, and he wants to give you a divine exchange. He was rejected so you could be accepted. Can I have an amen? amen? Jesus was rejected at birth. We know that when Mary and Joseph were there paying taxes, they went to the inn to be born in that hotel, and the innkeeper says, there's no room at the inn. There's some of you here that were rejected at birth. You were were born and your mother or your father said there's no room for you in our family. Jesus wants to give you a divine exchange. Number three, Jesus was rejected as a child. How many know kids can be cruel? 
How many know kids can do math? Okay, now think about it. This is 2,000 years ago where they would stone a woman for having a child out of wedlock. Okay, all right, let me get this right, Jesus. Your mom and dad were married in May, and you were born six months later. Kids do math. And Jesus was rejected by others as an illegitimate child. There are some of you who have been, now it's different in our day and age, but if you're my age and your mom had you out of wedlock, there was a sign put on you as an illegitimate child. Jesus felt that, and today he's going to break that spirit of rejection that he also felt as a child. Jesus was rejected because of where he came from. We talked about racial rejection. When, when the Lord came up into the ministry, they said, can any good thing come from Nazareth? People have rejected you because of you're born on the wrong side of the track or, in their opinion, the wrong color or, you, their opinion, the wrong country or the wrong nationality. Jesus felt that same thing. You know, uh, I'm from South St. Louis, South St. Louis, inner city. I'm from the hood. I'm from the ghetto. And I can remember uh, dating a girl in college, and her parents wanted to know where I'm from and where, what my background is. And I felt that rejection. How, has anybody ever felt that? You're from the wrong side of the track. You're from the wrong background. Listen, if we, may not, we may not even know who our earthly father is, but we know, do know who our heavenly father is, and we have a divine connection. Amen. Number... number uh, five is that Jesus was rejected by his friends. How many remember the time that Jesus sat with his disciples and he says, one of you will reject me. One of you will betray me. Judas, three years as a friend, Judas betrays him. But I think the one that hurt the most, the rejection by a friend, was Peter. You know, I know the Lord's not supposed to have any favorites, but I do believe Peter was the Lord's favorite. But if you remember, he said, one of you are going to betray me. They all said, is it I? Is it I? And the Lord said, I'm going to give my life. And Peter said, not so, Lord, not so. And he, he said, I'll stay with you. I'll hang with you. Have you ever, ever had anybody do that? It may be a friend. It may have been a marriage. It may have been a spouse. Till death do us part. But Jesus said to Peter, Three times you'll reject me before the cock crows, before the morning. How many remember when Jesus came to Peter and he says, Peter, do you love me? And Jesus, Peter said, yes, Lord, I love you. What did Jesus say? Feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. Then he said to Peter again, Peter, do you love me? And he says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Then he said, feed my sheep. And then he said the third time, Peter, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my sheep. Now, why did Jesus have Peter repeat it three times? Because Peter denied Jesus three times. And he knew that this spirit of rejection and the spirit of condemnation would come on Jesus. The first one, or on Peter, the first one Peter rejected Jesus to was a little girl at the campfire remember a young servant girl and that's why the first time when jesus said peter do you love me he said yes lord i love you he said let's break this curse of rejection feed my lamb a child then he said peter do you love me yes lord let's break another curse feed my sheep peter do you love me yes lord i love you feed my sheep Peter was having that curse of rejection broke off of him because he would never accomplish what God wanted him to accomplish when he felt this curse and this spirit on him. There are people who have rejected you. There are friends who have rejected you. And it's, and it's put, you know, I can remember when I first got saved. I got saved, but man, I had a shell up. And I remember my pastor saying to me, Larry, someday you're going to let that wall come down and you're going to let people love you. 
And I have that up because I because went all the way back to my dad, and I love my dad, but my dad rejected me. And so I would actually damage relationships, and I had the spirit of anger and the spirit of rejection. And then one day when I, when I had knocked my son down at three years old, I said, I'm just like my dad. And I said, and then that thought came to me, like father, like son. And I said, is there somewhere in the Bible that says what's in the father or what's happened passes on to generation after generation. And I found out it's not only in the Bible, it's in the Bible over 325 times. Today, we're going to break that spirit of rejection. Jesus was rejected by those he helped. He was betrayed. There are people here that you've got a wall up, and today God's going to tear it down. You've helped people, and they betrayed you. You've ministered to people. You've bailed people out, and they betrayed you. Think about Jesus, who the multitudes, he healed, and he blessed, and he ministered to. But on his greatest hour of need, they begin to cry out, crucify him, crucify him. Can you imagine looking down at these people that you had healed, or that you had delivered, or that you had fed, and now they're crying for your death? Jesus was rejected by those he loved, so you and I could have that divine covering of acceptance. Number eight, Jesus was rejected or excuse me, number seven, Jesus was rejected in sexual abuse. Say, how was Jesus hurt in sexual abuse? They hung him naked on a cross. Can you imagine the humiliation? He's not only being crucified, but they stripped him of his clothes. And he was abused so that he could come and heal you today. It, it amazes me if we, we, if we would have heads bowed and eyes closed how many people have been sexually abused by someone in authority, someone in trust. Jesus felt that same rejection. Today he's going to give you a divine exchange and turn your story upside down. And last of all, Jesus was rejected by the Father. This is my favorite. Jesus was rejected by God. You say, when did that happen? Remember when Jesus hung on the cross? And as he hung there, every sin that I'd ever done, every sin that you have ever done, every sin that mankind has ever done, that sin came on the sinless Lamb of God. The Son of God who never was jealous all of a sudden became every sin of jealousy. The Son of God, who never hurt anyone, all of a sudden every sin of murder, and everything in between, every sin that any man had ever done came on him. And that's why at the end, Jesus said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you rejected me? I want you to think about what Jesus felt. And he did it on purpose. He who knew not one second in eternity without the presence of the Father. All of a sudden, because of my sin, because he, you know, people say all the time, who killed Jesus? Well, the Jews killed it. Jews didn't kill Jesus. Then people say, well, we did. We didn't kill Jesus. Jesus himself said, no man takes my life, but I give it freely. Why? For this moment right now of divine exchange. He became poor so we could become rich by his stripes. He became sickness so we could be healed. He became rejected so you and I could be accepted. When he said, my God, my God, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, why has you forsaken me? At that moment, for the first time, the father turned his face and away from Jesus and rejected him so that he could, for the first time, find us. 
When I came to church the first time, I walked into that church with needle marks up and down my arm. I walked into that church with federal warrants for my arrest. I walked into that church an outcast of society. I walked into that church a drug addict. But in a moment of time, there was a divine exchange. And I may have walked in a heroin addict, but I walked out a child of God because Jesus for a moment was rejected. So you and I, no matter who we are, no matter what we've done, no matter what's been done to us, no matter what we've gone through, in a moment of time, the divine exchange took place. He took my sin, though my sin was a scarlet, Through his life and his blood, he made it white as snow. Can I have an amen? Would you give the Lord a clap offering? Isaiah 54, verse 4. Isaiah 54, verse 4. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed, nor be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth and will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. For your maker is your husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel." He is called the God of the whole earth. For the Lord has called you like a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit, like a youthful wife when you were rejected, says your God. For a mere moment, now the translation here says, I have forsaken you, but the real translation is for a mere moment, it feels like I let you down. It feels like. But with great mercy, I will gather you. With a little wrath, it seems like I hid my face from you for a moment. But with everlasting kindness, I will have mercy on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. For there is like the waters of Noah to me. For I have sworn the waters of Noah will no longer cover the earth. God says in this scripture, you will remember your shame or your hurt no more. I will return your youth back to you. We're going to take a moment, but I want every head bowed and every eye closed. No one, no one looking around just for a moment. And I wouldn't embarrass you for the world. But we want to break the curse. This is the final step in throwing the enemy out your door. Next session, we're going to shut the door and seal it with the blood you're here today and you say pastor you know what i've toughened it out i've done really good but today i realize that i have a brokenness in my spirit number one from a broken relationship somewhere in your life there was a broken relationship and you feel like it's damaged you, you want that reversed right now. I want you to lift your hand up all over the building. Put your hands down. Now, no one open your eyes, but I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. 95% at least raise their hand. See, the, devil, the devil's trick is to say, you're the only one. In this room right now, 95% just raise their hand. Broken relationship. Number two, you can remember a moment or moments of rejection and God wants to come and heal that broken spirit in your heart lift your hand up all over the building put your hands down now this will not be as near as many but there has been maybe you've been adopted by your grandmother or by wonderful people but there's something in that your mom your dad or both rejected you in adoption and it's hurt you. You've, 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 you've put on the good front, but there's a damage to you. Today, God wants to heal that. He will never reject you. You've been adopted and you feel a hurt from your parents' rejection. I want you to lift your hand up all over the building. My goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Praise God. Put your hands down. 
parents didn't one or two parents didn't uh, put you up for adoption but it was a, quite obvious that one or both didn't love you and you felt that hurt God wants to heal it lift your hand up put your hands down parents were critical of you put your hands up never good enough never good enough put your hands down there was verbal or physical abuse and God wants to heal you put your hands up my praise God thank you Jesus thank you Lord put your hands down there was sexual abuse no one look around sexual abuse when you were a child put your hands up my 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 put your hands down there was racial abuse you felt that rejection because of race I want you to lift your hand up with the hand up my 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 put your hands down stand with me all over the building right now I'm gonna ask you to lift your hands up and as lifting your hands up I want you to 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 picture taking that wound and placing it on the cross and once you place it on the cross it's not yours any longer I've come to heal the brokenhearted you know what God will reverse the curse you know what my greatest my greatest joy is as a pastor is I love people I love to see God touch people what Satan meant for evil God today is going to use it for good you know every time I do this this is not a shouter this is not one we we're amen and everything but as I look out every time I see men and women weeping because God is bringing a, a healing I want you to close your eyes and I want you to let the Lord go inside I want you to let him take out that wounded heart and breathe the breath of life inside of you father right now I release an anointing father right now I release a healing just let it happen that's okay there are people crying that's all right You're, just let it happen just let it happen father wash us from the inside to the outside father I break that curse of low self-esteem oh there it is right there I break that curse of rejection father I break that curse of abuse I break that curse of mental torment I break that curse of feeling like we're not good enough father I break that curse that affects our marriage from verbal physical sexual abuse I break it right now in the name of Jesus now Lord by your spirit sweep across this place 